This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you Good this morning, morning, Wally. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Also joining us in studio this morning, uh, former Buffalo Sabre, Washington Capital, Toronto Maple Leaf. Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lewis. How are you this morning? Gentlemen, great morning. Isn't uh, it nice and frosty outside and <laughs> coming in here? You thought it's uh, apparently we've got a warming spell coming up the rest of the day. So, this is a uh, heat wave to, but today compared <laughs> to the other day. It's a bit chilly in the great in southern Ontario in the last week or so, so we'll get an opportunity to... Uh, Thought out. Uh, if you uh, obviously were on the radio, AM 740, 96.7. If you're watching us on the internet, live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca, you will notice that uh, Mr. Franceschetti is. Uh, is uh, uh, honoring us this morning with his Alabama gear, obviously in anticipation of tomorrow night's national championship game. And uh, Naz Marchese is hedging his bets this morning. Yeah, he's got, got his I Buffalo. Got two of them going. He's got he's got Bruce. Uh, he's got Bruce Smith's uh, seventy-eight Buffalo Bills uh, jersey, and he's proudly wearing his Alabama cap. Uh, so let's let's get right into it, guys. We had a. We had a pretty heated discussion before we went on air about tomorrow's national championship game. Obviously, you two gentlemen are uh, ready. I, uh, Lou, I can tell you're uh, you're uh, you're on edge and you're ready for the big game tomorrow night. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Uh, I've been saying it for for weeks and earlier on in the year. Notwithstanding, you know, Alabama's. Uh, one bad game against Auburn this year. They are clearly the class of college football. I would be shocked if they don't give Georgia an ass kicking tomorrow night. Well, I, you know what? There are parts of me that are scared. Um, I don't like the injury problem that the Alabama defense has right now. I know last week they they completely dominated the Clemson uh, front line. Uh, the thing that really scares me is. Uh, Jake Fromm against Jalen Hurts. I'm not sold yet on whether Jalen Hurts is the quarterback to win the big game. Uh, he has not showed me uh, anything that that puts him in the higher class. Uh, I've watched Jake Fromm the last year, and he makes plays uh, that are out of nowhere. I know Jalen Hurts uh, makes plays also, but are with his uh, legs instead of his arm. He had Calvin Ridley wide open last week, could have blew the game out. He had another one uh, that he could hit, Robin Foster, uh, right in the numbers, and he would have been, uh, I think he had 30 or 40 yards ahead of him with nobody uh, in front. 
So uh, those are the two little things that, that really scare me. I think it's going to be a classic Southeastern Conference game, and I really don't care what everybody says about the Southeastern Conference having two teams in the, in the finals. I think they're both deserving. I, take, I think you're taking a shot at me there, Lou. So no, I'm, do, I'm, do taking, I, I'm taking a shot I, at all, I, I, at all I, Americans. So because I, I, they, I, want, I want to get an opportunity to respond to that. But Naz, uh, Their defense is too good, Alabama. That's what's going to win it for them. They, they they got a bit healthy coming back. They were off five six weeks, and some of their players came back. Well, the you know what? It, it was a blessing that they didn't have to play that extra exactly, game uh, exactly. against yeah. Georgia because they, they had their two top uh, so called Jack linebackers yeah. uh, come back, Miller and um, I yeah, think let, Christian. Let, 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 me, let me get my two That's cents a worth key. in here. Go, go ahead, uh, since because, you always do. Oh, thanks, Lou. You're a little bit ornery this morning, I noticed, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can settle you down a little bit. Uh, um, i got to be quite frank with you. Um, this game's not doing anything for me, uh, probably because I've got no skin in the game, uh, because it's Alabama and Georgia. Uh, to me, it's it doesn't seem like a national championship game. And and I and I respect the rules. The rules are put in place. Everybody knows the rules at the beginning of the year. Uh, Georgia, no disrespect to Georgia, they've qualified for the game under under the rules that exist. Uh, I've got a little bit of an issue with two teams from the same conference being in a national championship game. Doesn't seem like a national to me, aside from the fact that Alabama to me is notwithstanding the odds makers, is just clearly heads and shoulders above everybody else in college football, and they have been for the last 10 years. Uh, it just seems like an, an SEC final and not an N national championship game. You know, it doesn't have the cachet for me. Um, it, for example, if it had been Alabama-Ohio State or Alabama-USC. Now, I, give, give, I appreciate that Georgia's a better team this year than Ohio State or USC. It just seems to me if you're going to have a national championship game, uh, let's try and have it uh, from two teams that aren't in the same conference. Um, it'll be interesting to see to what extent uh, there's interest in the game from outside the Southeast USA. Southeast USA. Uh, we'll find that out. Uh, the one thing that binds, that creates an interest in the game, that cre created the interest in the Alabama-Clemson game from last year, is everybody wants to see, aside from you guys, uh, everybody wants to see Alabama lose, just because they're so much better than everybody else. But Lou, I'll give you an opportunity to respond because um, you think the ratings and the interest is is off the charts for Alabama-Georgia. Well, you... you, you I think any team that would have played Alabama is going to be off the charts. One, you got Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield and the offense that they had. They wanted to see what they were going to do against the Alabama defense. Two, if they would have had Clemson, Alabama three, that was going to draw even more people because they really wanted to see uh, in the finals, not in the, in the quarter, in the semifinals. That would have been an intriguing game to see who really stands out. And three is you're going to go Kirby Smart, who is under Luce, uh Nick Saban for at least eight or nine years. So we're going to see how much Kirby Smart has learned and see if he's got the interests to, to, to beat a Nick Saban coached football team. Now, the SEC, it, you know, everybody squawks about them being having two teams. At the end of the day, they do a lot better recruiting uh, for the kids that are coming out of high school the, than all the other schools. You know, you're looking at Florida, you're looking at Texas A&M, you're looking at uh, Tennessee, you're looking at all the money that they're, that they're throwing at the coaching staffs or 
assistant coaches from Alabama or the top-ranked teams coming into that conference just to knock off Nick Saban. That, that is the bottom line here. Nick Saban has lost, I think, six assistant coaches that are, that are top-rated coaches right now, and then they wonder why Nick Saban gets all the top-end uh, high school players because they got these guys going out there and recruiting the top-end players, and then all of a sudden... You're going to come along and you're going to take my assistant coach because you know that Jeremy Pruitt is going to take three of my top prospects coming into school next year. He's definitely got in Alabama for sure, Nick Saban. Tremendous coach. Oh, there's no, there's no Trem- issue there. Uh, I mean, his, I mean, he's got a rank in the pantheon of the greatest coaches. I mean, he, you know, he will go down as, uh, in, you know, whether it's top ten for sure. Top five, you got to start talking. You got to start talking about him in 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 the terms of a bear. You know, he, you know, it's difficult. You know, for our generation to compare him to a Bear Bryant or a uh, Era Parsegian, Jimmy Johnson, or a Jimmy Johnson. No, he's oh, there. he's he's, out, he's done. He's he's out. He's out past Jimmy Johnson. Um, you you have a legitimate debate. Um, I mean, we're old timers, so we see through. We see, th- we we evaluate the greatest college coach- coaches through the br- prism of our generation. But in the prism of of current generations, um, there's no question he's the top college coach of the last thirty, forty years since since the heavyweights, since since the Woody Hayes. Since the Bear Bryants, since the Beauchamp Blacklers, since the Era Parsegians, who's been better than than uh, than Saban? Nobody. Well, Come on. you're saying the game doesn't in, in Georgia. The tickets are going for twenty five hundred for the worst ticket right now. Yeah, well, but you got to remember. You got to remember that the, the part of it is that there's a hometown. There's a hometown part sides. to this on both, sides. on both sides, right? There couldn't be a more perfect place for this game than Atlanta. No question, and hopefully it's a great it's a great game. Uh, but going back to your point about Saban, um, and he's how, how old is he? He's, he's sixty seven. Oh, he's that old? He yeah. doesn't look sixty seven. Sixty seven. So you know, I I think there's a mandatory retirement age, and uh, it may be seventy. Uh, I'm not sure. But you know he's got a shelf life left. To, let's no, say what, how old was Woody Hayes when he retired? Well, he didn't retire. I think they fired him when he knocked out that guy on the sidelines. Oh, he tripped him. Did he sort of Woody with, with the greatest respect for Woody? I I think the honorable thing. I think they allowed him to resign. Uh, but he didn't. He stick his foot out and trip somebody in the middle of a game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how old Bear Bryant was when he left, but I've got to think Saban's in his last three, five years. Well, we'll we'll really see. I, I think we were on the on the air last year with uh, Davy Keon, and we, we talked to him behind the microphone that Dabo Swinney might be the next guy in there once uh, Saban retires. But what's going to be interesting to see, and um, I'm going to throw this out at you: Nick Saban has the top head, uh, top seven, or the top recruiting class in the last seven years. Next year and the year after, 2019, Georgia and Clemson have four of the top ten high school kids coming out. Explain in each to year. me something. Explain, you guys. You uh, 
you guys, uh, because you're avid Alabama fans, and I'm I'm a fighting Irish guy, and I've been in the doldrums for the last. You've been fighting for a while. <laughs> I've been fighting for a while. Uh, I, uh, the only the only the only happiness and satisfaction I get is from watching my old Rudy tapes. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, the fighting Irish haven't been in the thick of a national championship probably since the late 80s, had a couple of good runs in the early 90s and some... They played some, Alabama one year, didn't they? Uh, in the National... Uh, sorry, five, you're five, right. Uh, that's ago. the lone beacon of hope. <laughs> in my, that's the lone... And, and we got pulverized that day. <laughs> oh, did was, you ever we order got, it? Was that was uh, we got pulverized that day, but we went undefeated. We got a lot of, uh, I mean, woke us up from our uh, from our from our from our sleep. But uh, explain to me, guys. Explain to me, guys. Why, why has the focus of college football in the United States all moved to the Southeast United States? I mean, there's got to be good players growing up in California, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in whatever, Colorado. I mean, they don't all come out of Alabama. In Texas, um, why is it that it's all Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia these days? What's going on? I just think it's the—I'd love to say it's the weather— I think it's just the the, the type of weather in, su- in, in Southern California is pretty good too. If you ever, I, I know if you that, ever but if you, see, we don't hear about the players that are coming out of California, the players that are coming out of Ohio State, the players that are coming out of Michigan, because they're all up uh, up there. If you start winning, you're going to hear about all these kids. I, w- I was watching the U.S. Army game last night. There's an unbelievable amount of kids coming out of Colorado. It's just that they're not noticed as much as. Uh, as a kid that's going to go to Alabama or as a kid that's going to go to Florida or a kid that's going to go to A&M or a kid that's going to go to uh, Clemson. Now, you're talking about Notre Dame. Notre Dame just lost their offensive coordinator to Texas A&M because he's going to pay him $2.5 million a year. And uh, they, right? pro- they probably don't pay that kind of money at Notre Dame. No, they're not. Right. So, you know, it, it's just people uh, – it's like – Coaches down there. It's almost like the sense, and I'm sorry we got to go to break, but we, we haven't talked to uh, Raptors basketball in a while. We've got Leo Routens come on, on right after the break. But it's almost like uh, there's two divisions in, in college football in the United States, the professional division and the semi-professional there, there's division. There's a slew of players going right? to the and, NFL from, and, from and Alabama. And Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, some of, they're, they're, like, they're, they're like professional franchises. And it seems like they're leaving everybody else behind. Well, that's why everybody's that's why trying to match up to Nick Saban. That's why everybody's is stealing his assistants, bringing coaches in from other places, and, and paying their buyouts. We're talking five to ten million dollar buyouts on on Jimbo Fisher out of Florida State. Offhand, do you know what the graduation rate is amongst the Alabama? Very good, because it's a lot of good. guys. Yeah, they had twenty five guys graduate from their football team this year, and a lot of the guys. And that percentage wise, do you have any you idea know, what I, that rate is? I don't is? know what the percentage is, but a lot of their guys even come back uh, after they've turned pro or going early as uh, juniors they've come back and gotten their degree wonderful anyways uh, good luck to you Alabama guys Uh, I'll probably be watching part of the game but I I don't get a sense it's going to be much of a game but hopefully I'll be surprised we'll be right back after the break with Leo Routens talking Toronto Raptors basketball it was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everyone get up! 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 Get
So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Broadcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM and on the internet, www. .zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour this morning, Raptors, Toronto Raptors analyst, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo, and Happy New Year. A Happy New Year to you and all listeners. How is everything today? Everything's great. Thanks, Leo. We're warming up a little bit, and uh, hopefully I can get my car washed in the next couple of days. been holding off for the thaw. Uh, but uh, Leo, Raptors are uh, uh, starting to Starting to uh, attract some attention. Um, they are at a stage in the season. I don't think they've ever had a record this good. They've been quite good lately. DeRozan seems to have taken his game to another level. And uh, Casey was the coach of the month in the Eastern Conference for December. And Valanchunas was an absolute force the other night. Uh, bring us up to date, Leo. What's, uh, what's, uh, what's going on with the Raptors? No, you know, a lot of good things right now. As you said, you know, DeMar DeRozan is, uh, with his uh, ability to shoot the three now, is opening up the floor, is you know, really becoming, in a, uh, you have to call him an elite scorer. Uh, he, was, he was one of the top scorers in the league. Now he's taking his game to another level. I think as a team, the Raptors are just playing, you know, solid basketball. And, and I still think they can get better. And that's, that's the good thing. That you have to remember that as good as this team has been playing, you know, half the team is very young, uh, and that would be the second unit. And the second unit has been critical to their success this year. So as good as they have been, uh, I think there's still an upside uh, as far as what they can do and where they can get to. So if fans are excited about what they're seeing right now, 
Uh, I think uh, you know, provided obviously that you know you stay healthy and your top players are are, are okay, uh, this team has a chance to continue to rise and 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 be a force by April. Leo, uh, the Raptors play Cleveland and Golden State at the end of the week. I think it's Thursday and Saturday. Will this be a measuring stick on where they're they're at as a team? Well, yeah, I mean it's always a measuring stick. Uh, you know, you have an opportunity. Uh, obviously, Cleveland. Uh, everybody understands that you know this is a LeBron James team. I think this team is better than last year's team. Uh, same thing. If they can if they can be healthy by the end of the season, uh, and LeBron James, this guy just does not seem to age. He's, he's incredible. Um, and then you're going to catch Golden State um, on a back to back for them uh, with one day's rest, and, and they're actually coming up uh, a very difficult schedule at that point in time. So yeah, it's it's a measuring stick. It's a, it's a it's a great opportunity to see where you're at. At the same time. Uh, go back to what I just said that you know this is a half this team is a very young team, and this whole season uh, is 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 a development is about as much as development as it is winning, and I think that uh, this team is going to be in a different place uh, by the end of the season. So you're going to have during the course of the season these different measuring sticks, and you're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to take some lumps. You're going to have some really good things happen. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's certainly not going to be the all and end all uh, for fans at this point in time of the season. I think you just got to you got to realize the bit, what the big picture is and uh, uh, and what the goal is. Uh, they've had success in the regular season. Uh, they know they're going to have success in the regular season, but their goal is to have success in the postseason. Leo, are you surprised that Demar Derozan is adjusted to becoming a three point shooter all of a sudden? Uh, not really, because this guy this guy's a workaholic. Uh, if you know Demar, he's in the gym every single day. Uh, he's watching video. He he, he every makes he sets balls every single year uh, to get better to fine tune his game. You know there were some big push moments after last season when Cy called for the reset for the Toronto Raptors. You know one of the things he wanted Demar to do is is one. Is to be more, more, uh, more of a facilitator. Pass the basketball, move the ball. Uh, when you get in trouble, don't force shots. Get, get rid of the ball. And he's been doing that at an extremely high level this season. He's been outstanding. And then again, he heard a lot of criticism about his shooting, saying, "How okay? Well, you're pretty good, but you can't shoot." And to me, I always found that ridiculous because he wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he was good enough to keep you honest. And he's one of the best mid-range players in the game. Period. Uh, I'll take that on any night of the week. But still, with all the criticism, uh, he went out and put in the work and put in the time. And now what you see is the guy shooting that three ball with a lot of confidence. Uh, he's not hesitating. He's shooting it like he wants to shoot it. Um, and he's looking for that shot. His teammates are looking for him out there. So now it's it really has. It's opened up his game even more. And if he can continue um, to shoot the ball, obviously he's, you know he's not going to shoot it at the rate he's shooting right now. He's on, he's on a hot streak, but if he can shoot it at a get a good clip, and uh, you know continue to do all the other things he's doing, um, it, it does put him in elite status in this league. Leo Lou Francisco here. Uh, how crucial 
is it that Coach Casey has really gone to a youth movement on that second unit? Uh, in years gone by, he's always been scared to play the young kids in the second unit because they didn't know whether uh, at the time that they were put in and whether they were going to more or less flop and give the other team a chance to get in. And what I've noticed this year is that second unit has given them a lot of energy and really has been the, the mainstay and the uh, the reason why the Raptors have been so good in the first uh, part of this season. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, it's not, uh, it wasn't really up to Dwayne Casey. Um, that's the team he has. Uh, Masai, Bajiri, Bobby Webster, the GM, they wanted uh, a certain style of play. And this team has been very focused on development. And uh, it's not just, as I said, there's very few teams that are successful as the Raptors that are caught almost in the middle of development and winning. Uh, very few. And the Raptors are, are, are doing an unbelievable job at that. So for Dwayne Casey, he does not have a lot of choice when he puts his best guy for his young guys. And but it's been a pleasant surprise in that these guys from the beginning of the season have shined. And I think they've exceeded everybody's expectations, including Dwayne Casey's. Uh, you've got a lot of young guys. Uh, you've got, you've got everybody from an OG Ananobi who's gone from, uh, a guy that wasn't even supposed to be start this season off to being in a starting lineup. Uh, you've got a, a player like, you know, Jakob Pertl that's just developing every time he steps on the floor. Uh, you know, Delon Wright, who spent the first couple of years as a Raptor mostly injured, now is a major contributor off the bench. Just go on the list and see what these guys are doing and how they're contributing. And as you said, uh, the, the second unit has been critical to the success of this team. I mean, the reason I have the best start in Raptors history because of what that second unit is doing and contributing. And uh, so, you know, it, it's uh, Dwayne Casey's just done a, a, a masterful job at managing the young talent, um, the, the, the all-stars, trying to implement a different style of play, um, all of that. I mean, and, and, you know, he got coached in a month, but at this point in time, I don't know who's done a better job all season long based on the challenges he's had. We're talking to Leo Routens. Leo, one gentleman I want to focus in on uh, who's had sort of up and down. We, we, you know, for years we've thought he was going to be um, one of the really, really key guys to build the team around. Um, he's had his ups and downs. Um, Jonas Valanciunas. And he played an incredible game the other night. Uh, give us an update on Jonas and how his, uh, how his season is going and where he, where he fits in on this team. Well, no, Jonas has had a solid year, and I think, uh, you know, he picked up a couple of early fouls uh, against Milwaukee the other night, came in the second half and scored 20 points uh, in the third quarter. So, I mean, he just had a uh, an incredible second half of that game, and really that third quarter is one of the best third quarters the Raptors played all season. And I've been saying it, you know, pretty much all along throughout his career that, you know, when he's on the floor, you have to use him. Um, if you're if you're just going to let him run up and down the floor and not have him involved in the game, uh, he's not going to help you a great deal, in my opinion. Um, he's always going to be more of an offensive threat than a defensive threat. And you have other players who come in, uh, and, and an example of that is when he had Falco, Lucas Nagera came in the game and did a great job defensively. Um, and he plays around the rim so you can, you can dunk and get alley-oops and things like that. Uh, but Jonas gives you just that power around the basket. And Milwaukee, as an example, is not a very strong team around the basket. So 
it was a great opportunity to use you on the foul shooting. You know, so the Raptors did a great job of that. And again, it turned the game around. So um, the cold key with him is, you know, he's worked a great deal in this game. He's trying to play quicker. He's trying to play faster. Uh, he's trying to do a better job defensively. Uh, but understand one thing. If he's in the game, give him the basketball. Let him let him work down low. Uh, and I think I think we're seeing a better brand of Valanciunas this season because of that. Leo, how important is it to, for Toronto to uh, finish first in their conference, especially with the home record they have the best in the NBA? Well, you know, I, I don't know if it's a if it's a question of finishing first or it's just a question of avoiding the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> You know that, quite honestly, I think everybody, everybody in the Eastern Conference, that's your goal. You don't want to have to play the Cleveland Cavaliers until the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, a lot of people cr- criticized the Raptors last year um, after making it to Eastern Conference Finals the year before. They didn't last year. Well, they ran into Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> so, uh, had they played the Cleveland, Cav- uh, had they not met them until the finals, and they would have been in the, in the finals last year. So. Um, that really is the whole thing. It's where where you can avoid the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, even if the Raptors finish in first place, the Cleveland Cavaliers are still the team to beat. Uh, LeBron James is still the best player in the game, and they're they're gearing up regardless of what happens in the regular season. They're 100 percent gearing up for the playoffs. They don't care about the regular season. So, as Raptors as a team, if you can finish first, fantastic. Uh, if you can finish first and avoid Cleveland, even better. Leo, are we closer to beating the Cavaliers? Oh yeah, I, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, every year we get closer uh, to beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the the point is, they still have that guy, LeBron James, <laughs> and uh, he. It, it's hard to t- tell people that you know if you haven't been around, if you, if you really don't understand the game or really don't know the game, and and there's a lot of experts out there. You know, just the fact you look at the MVP voting, you know, it, it's ludicrous sometimes. But he's that good, and he's that good to carry that team back to the finals. He's that good to, no matter what you do, to to beat you. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I said this last year, and I'm going to say it again that the Raptors, uh, yes, they can challenge them, they can push them more than ever before. But even the Raptors at their best, they need some adversity on Cleveland's side. Uh, whether you know, remember when when Cleveland lost uh, when Golden State won their first championship, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love got hurt, and LeBron was left to carry that team all by himself, pretty much. And uh, you kind of need a little adversity on Cleveland side uh, because you're playing you know a generational player like LeBron James, and you have to be absolute at your best. So you got to keep your fingers crossed and hope uh, hope the Raptors have that opportunity to to push them and and maybe get lucky. We've been talking to Leo Routens. Leo, thanks so much for joining us. We certainly have our fingers crossed. We'll be paying as much attention to the Raptors as we can as we get into the uh, home stretch. Uh, we've had a little bit of success in Toronto uh, sporting world uh, recently, and we hope uh, the Raptors uh, will keep their success going to the end of the season and through the playoffs. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Always fun. Thank you. Thanks, Leo. Leo Routens. Um... Raptors are in a position uh, that they've, I can't say that they have never been here before, but their record is, um, you know, at, at a pace where they're going to be in the high 50 wins or even perhaps if they go on a run in, into the 60s. They've only lost one game at home. Yeah. One so uh, certainly, uh, certainly uh, they're building something down there and uh, 
wish him all the success through the, and we'll keep a close but eye don't on them. You, don't you get that feeling as a Raptor fan that we don't have a chance because of, of uh, LeBron? You're playing and playing and playing, and nothing's going to happen. Well, right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to be like that that Switzerland coach that got <laughs> quoted in the World Juniors. It said, "I got why 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 are we even showing up? Because Canada's got all this and all that and all that." Yeah, it's tough, but you got to figure out a way to overcome that. And uh, basketball, perhaps Lou, you can comment. I think basketball more than any other sport. Um, any other sport. A, uh, a really good team uh, that plays like a team can beat um, uh, another team that perhaps might have a little bit more talent at certain positions. But basketball, there's only five of them on the court at one time. And one guy, as long as he's got a little bit of support, um, it's tough. It, it really is. And, uh, gentlemen, uh, let's not forget the Boston Celtics here. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's going to be really important on where the Raptors finish because you really don't want to play either Cleveland or or Boston in the semifinals uh, or in the quarterfinals because it's it's going to be crucial for them. Um, well, I, I, I think right now yeah, Boston yeah. could knock off uh, could knock off Cleveland, mind you. With Isaiah well, the, the only the only out. way for the Raptors to avoid that is, first. is they got to finish first. Well, you're you're right because otherwise or, or they're in, go, in the, they're going to see the fourth. <laughs> or in the fourth. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they're going to see Boston or Cleveland yeah, yeah. in the second round, right? That's right. They would see Miami right now. It's just like yeah. out west when you when you got Golden State, uh, Oak City, uh, San Antonio, uh, Houston, 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 Houston. Now, you know those are four juggernauts out there. Yeah. Uh, and the Raptors walked into Houston at the start of the year and beat them. So it's going to be interesting to see how the teams pan out. Um, on that note. Uh, we're going to go to our second break, and we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Naz, uh, during the break, uh, you uh, you asked Louie, we following up on the... Uh, on the issue or the question whether the Raptors can beat uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it, there's a whole psychology. Uh, you asked uh, Louis a pretty interesting question. I'll let you go at yeah, it. Yeah, the, the question air. was, Louis, um, when you played against the Oilers back in the '80s, the championship Oilers, did you have a fear of playing them and not being able to win? There, in, in our in, on, on our team that year, we had no fear at all uh, because we had we had enough speed up front to match them. And we had two studs. Uh, we had, matter of fact, we had three studs on the on the rear end. We had Rod Langway to offset anything that Mark Messier and his brawn would give us. We had Scott Stevens, who would match even Mark Messier, and then we had uh, or or Wayne Gretzky. So we always had one of those two guys on the ice at all times uh, against or one or, or both of them. So for us to go into a game uh, against the Edmonton Oilers, we were fully uh, very 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 happy and uh, that we could play them. We knew we could uh, stand up to their speed. We knew we could stand up to their strength. We Anything that they threw at us, uh, uh, we could match. The only thing that our problem was is they had Grand Fuhrer, and we had our great goaltending, but it's sometimes we just didn't know whether we'd show up or not. Um, I want to move on to another topic, guys. Let's leave basketball, and uh, let's leave that behind. And in, in honor of... Uh, your sartorial splendor today, Naz. Uh, there's a big game down in uh, Florida this afternoon, uh, and it's, of course, uh, important to a lot of our listeners. There's a lot of Buffalo Bills fans in southern, uh, southern Ontario and western New York, and uh, we've got listeners in both areas. First time. The Bills have been in the playoffs. 17 years. Seven, was, was the last time the mu, the, the miracle yeah. at Music City? That, yes, not that I wanted to bring that up again. Rob but. Johnson was the quarterback <laughs> instead of Doug Flutie. Instead of it Doug still Flutie hurts. that day. Oh, my God. Who's the coach for the Bills that year that made it that, was, that, uh, that great Phillips. decision? Was it Wade Phillips? But it came from the owner, I heard. Well, it was Not Ralph. It was yeah. Ralph Wilson who was yeah. the owner. He said we're going to put Rob Johnson in when yeah. uh, and Flutie was. Uh, anyways, uh, we we'll, don't want to revisit the past too much. Let's revisit the present. Uh, the Bills are up against the Jaguars, and uh, they got into the playoffs by uh, a, a, a miracle of their own. Uh, it was an Andy Dalton pass to Boyd. To Boyd, and as a result of that, I, I understand a whole bunch of chicken wings. Was he parted for the receiver on that play? That was amazing. I, 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 says, I think the Bills were so happy about that particular play that didn't they send uh, like 200 pounds of chicken wings over to over to Cincinnati as thank you for that? That's what I heard. Anyway, they did, <laughs> and they uh, they donated a, a close to 200 thousand dollars to Andy Dalton's uh, charity fund. Wow. The Bills fans. Uh, uh, Crazy for... people, Buffalo Bill fans. Yeah, thank, I mean, thank God they're not playing out there in Buffalo today. 
Mind you, it's a little bit. It'll be a little bit warmer today than it has been. In the my talking about, uh, they're not playing Buffalo. They had to play that uh, outdoor game. The juniors had to play that outdoor game. Wasn't that Friday awful. afternoon? I thought. I uh, says enough of these outdoor games. Well, let's let's stick to the topic at hand right now, which is the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who, interestingly enough. The coach of the Jaguars is my least favorite coach in the entire NFL, which is uh, uh, Mr. Marone, Doug Marone, Doug Marone yeah. who who left Buffalo uh, when under questionable circumstances. He left it uh, in accordance with the terms of his contract, uh, which he was legally entitled to do, but left a little bit of a bitter taste in some people's mouths in, in the western New York in Buffalo Bills Nation. So it would be pretty fitting uh, today if the Bills, uh, you know, made uh, made Marone, uh, made him an unhappy guy at the eat end of crow? the day. Yeah, eat, or, whatever. Or eat chicken wings. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> eat some chicken wings. <laughs> Wasn't oh, it that You know what? I, I, I can't let that one go. Wasn't there a line? Remember the that show with uh, the odd couple with... Uh, Tony Randall, Tony Randall, and Oscar. Columbia. And it wasn't Oscar. Oscar had to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to go to Buffalo for some reason. To some, I can't remember what reason. He stuck his head out. Uh, uh, stuck his head out the uh, hotel room window on the days when windows would open, and uh, said he, he noticed that there were like twelve chicken wing places on the, on the same block. That sort of reminds me. But uh, size up the game. Let's talk. Let's get serious here. Let's talk about the game. The Buffalo Bills are in the playoffs. First time in 17 years. Do they have a chance today, Ness? They have a great chance. Because tell, one, tell us one why. thing is for certain, Jacksonville has not played well in the last three weeks. They were beaten last week by Tennessee, and they were uh, beat up by the Rams, I think, the week before. Well, those aren't two big, not bad teams to get beat up by the Rams. A complete turnaround this year, and they had, they, they had nothing Tennessee. to win last year. Yeah, they, yeah. they weren't going anywhere, so they rested I, their I players. I understand that, but you still lose, and you. I think it's going to come down to defenses, uh, because Marone has got the defense that that Buffalo had, uh, and I'm not sure if uh, if Blake Bortles is is the real deal at at quarterback. So, as much as. Uh, Buffalo does have a great chance of beating Jacksonville because they haven't been in there themselves in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buffalo defense is going to have a large selling on, on this game. The, how much pressure they're going to put on Bortles in that offense. Uh, the defenses, uh, I think, are going to be the main key. Whoever controls that line of scrimmage is going to... I know the weather is going to be a little bit warmer than Buffalo uh, is accustomed to here. Uh, Temperature is going to be 55 Fahrenheit. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's been chilly. And, and, and you'll probably as well. still see a lot of people with long sleeves and jackets on in, in Jacksonville. But still, it's going to come down to that defensive front on both teams because they're both built to, to win championships. And I'm not sure if uh, if Blake Bortles is ready and, and Tyrod uh, is going to be, you know, he's going to be a key component, especially with uh, McCoy not being able to play at 100. percent McCoy is playing. Okay. The one thing that uh, is very important to, to look at is the way Buffalo has played this year. That new coach has got them playing at a hard, high level. They try hard and they work very, very hard. They're not going to get blown out. It's going to be a close game. And uh, where, do you, uh, where do you see the Bills winning this game today? Is it? Uh, I agree with Lou. It's going to be on defense. It's going to be on defense? Absolutely. Takeaways? That's been their strength all year anyway. It's going to be takeaways? Uh, 
they're number one in the NFL in takeaways. Okay. So uh, the Bills are in good standing there. Their and, defense has played well. And your reaction to uh, the games from yesterday, the Titans uh, coming back from nowhere to beat That's the, the Chiefs. And, uh, and you're, you're a big fan of the Atlanta Falcons, Naz. You, you think they're on their way. Well, if you look at uh, the playoffs this year, from last year's playoffs, five out of the six teams are not there. There's only one team, and Atlanta is the only team in the NFC back in the playoffs. And they backed in, too. And they backed in. They backed in uh, the back door in the last game of the season. Um, Watch out for the Falcons. Watch out. You know, I I don't know if the – Matt Ryan has not showed me anything. He's – you know, these quarterbacks are getting paid $20 million a year, but they haven't won the big game. And that's where I look at a quarterback is going to make the difference. Well, uh, it's only, he, you know, over the course of the last, you know, 15, 17 years, uh, there's only so many quarterbacks you're, you're, that, you're right. that have won the big game. That's right. And, you know, I mean, uh, once, once you're past uh, Eli Manning and Tom Brady and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Russell, and, Russell Martin. Uh, and and uh, there's not uh, that many that have won the big game. You're, you're right, but. Uh, uh, I, I, Atlanta had Atlanta had New England last year. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Until the, until no, the owner decided to go down on the no, sideline. No, I'm not sure if uh, yeah. if Shanahan was the one that made the calls, or was it Matt Ryan that uh, that made the you know made the, those those decisions at the end of the day. Atlanta should have won the Super Bowl last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. and that would have put Matt Ryan on a higher uh, echelon too. That he would have been a winning quarterback. Now is he going to be the quarterback to win the big game? Uh, yesterday he was, uh, mind you. L.A. made some uh, serious uh, gaffes at going down the stretch, but now we're going like, to see you how don't, he's going. You know, you know, you don't need a dominating performance from a quarterback to win the big game. And I, I think the example on Peyton that one Manning. was Peyton Manning yeah. when when Denver when they beat Carolina was it Carolina where Denver Broncos defense that particular year were absolutely and utterly dominating, and Manning didn't do anything that whole game. He didn't do anything that whole game, and Denver still won the game. Well, you, you look at you, you look at the Balt, uh, Baltimore Ravens, who had Trent, who had you know, no, was, I think it was Trent Dilfer was the oh, first in one the, in the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. Trent and, Dilfer, then, yeah. and then you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These yeah. quarterbacks are told are told guys just don't lose the game. Don't our lose de- the game. Yeah. That's exactly our defense it. will win no it turn- for you. No turnovers. Yeah, no, no turnovers. Keep everything simple. No fumbles. Score us five. Seven, yeah. ten points a game. We will keep the team. Well, let's talk. Let's talk turkey here, um, or chicken wings. Or chicken, <laughs> chicken wings. <laughs> I, I still don't. You know, I still don't get the part about you know, you know, the Cincinnati quarterback does what he's paid to do, and somebody's got to reward him for it. I don't, That's I don't, Buffalo. I, I That's don't the, get it. You know, Louis, you like, played in Buffalo. There, there's, almost, there's almost something unseemly about it. Like you're rewarding somebody for doing what they're supposed to do, but you know. You know we're Buffalo Bills fans here. At least two of us are. So uh, we'll we'll take we'll take it. If we got to send chicken wings, then we'll send chicken wings. That's fine. But let's let's talk turkey here. Um, there's some controversy in New England this week, which, uh, if I was to guess, uh, there if there is there smoke. Uh, talking about, of course, it happened. The, the big the big blow. Uh, the apparent uh, uh, controversy between Belichick, Kraft. And Brady over the Garoppolo trade. Um, that was uh, a story on ESPN. Uh, it was immediately denied. Uh, in in the lexicon of 2017, 2018, is that fake news, guys? No, that happened. <laughs> that happened for sure. You sure? Yeah. So that's got to have a dramatic impact. 
the fact that this 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 and that's a serious serious the way it was alleged by that ESPN reporter. Um, these guys are, uh, you know, Kraft, Belichick, and Brady are not seeing eye to eye. That's got to have a dramatic impact on on. Um, well, you just saw you uh, just... the dramatic impact on New England as they prepare for uh, for their game next week. Because for the first time in sixteen, seventeen, since the Brady era started, this is the first time you've sensed any controversy in that org. They've been the model organization from top to bottom, and now you've got the three. Uh, leading uh, figureheads of that organization are publicly having a uh, feuding with each other. That's not good for the Patriots' I think, prospects. I think Belichick is out at the end of the season, and I think he's going to end up with another the Giants. Team, probably the Giants. They're, 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 they've already rumored the Giants. And if you look at John Gruden, just signed ten million dollars. That's crazy. A ten year, hundred million <laughs> for ten years. That's and an insane contract. Is, yeah, go what ahead. What is sorry. Belichick worth? Oh, he's worth he's worth double triple that. I mean, Gruden, Gruden was three games over five hundred. Yeah, in his but record. Mark Dave, the guy, uh, he signed with the Raiders, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's gone back. He's basically gone back to where he came from. You got to, you know what? Am I missing something, guys? But you're paying. You're essentially paying. Unless there's, there can't be any exit clauses in that contract. I mean, you can't. You know, you got to pay this guy a hundred million dollars. What are the chances he's going to survive ten years? Well, there, there really are. Like, like how many to, he's, NFL he's coaches? He's, he's going to Vegas. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean. Uh, right? So they, they need a big name to draw. I think, he hasn't I, coached in how long? I, I think John Gruden is over, to, he's going to be he's overrated, overrated. Overrated. Way overrated. Because he really hasn't When was the anything. last time he coached? Well, seven years when he took uh, uh, the, Raiders. Was it the Raiders. But they ended up losing in the, in the Super Bowl. Is this and, just and the Then he got traded to Tampa. And Tampa went in and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Way overrated and way overpaid. And, and I, you know, like, what's the shelf life of an NFL coach? You agree? You're paying three years. Is like, like, what happens when this guy goes? Uh, you know, when he goes like uh, five and uh, whatever the eleven, you know, two years in a row, are they going to keep him? You're going to fire him? You got to pay this guy? Under, I guess you know what? They're making too much money in the NFL. But how much is Belichick worth? If he's worth a hundred million. Well, you're, you're you're right, but but that's not that cannot be the new bar. That cannot be the new bar for NFL coaches. $10 million a year over 10 years? That's insane. Look, guys, Belichick was right about Garoppolo, and he was right about Brady. Brady is going to be 41 years old very soon. Absolutely he was right. Go ahead. It's only a matter of time, a year or two, and they're done. And once Brady was done, they had this quarterback. Go ahead, Lou. Let's hold on here. Garoppolo is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Okay, so they they got to get something in return. Uh, who's got to get something in New return? New England's got to get something in return before he walks. Now, I understand, like, there's nothing, if they win, it's going to all come out at the end of the year. But Tom Brady hasn't been hurt this year. That's, that's going to be the, the big question here. If and when Tom Brady gets hurt in the next three games will be the big difference on whether New England wins this or not. Until they have Tom Brady uh, at, at the helms there, yeah. There's not going to be any stories. Oh, I, it's going to come through no, uh, if and when he gets hurt and when they lose. Uh, personally, I see Pittsburgh. I see Pittsburgh beating. Um, I see Pittsburgh beating New England in the return match. I think Pittsburgh's a better team, by the way. Um, and not, not necessarily because I'm a Steelers fan, and, and I'm surrounded by Steelers fans everywhere in Toronto. Um, 
but I think they're the better team. I think they're going to win that return matchup. But this 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 whole move, this Brady thing, has got has got Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre written all over it. And you know the guys in Green Bay, that you know you can't you you gotta you gotta. You know, notwithstanding, you know, Tom Brady's got to understand this. He says he's he's reportedly he says he's going to play another three to five years. Good but, luck. Um, you know, he's, five years, forty-five years. You old. know, he's forty. Oh, what is he now? Forty-one. Yeah, 40, he's 41. To forty-one. Uh, I just can't. I can't. I can't see him being able to dominate. Um, I mean, he's successful. Tom Brady's successful because he's a great quarterback. But he's also successful because of the system that Belichick puts him in. He gets it's, that whole system is designed to protect him. And he really hasn't been injured except for that one year, uh, his entire career. He gets rid of the ball quick. He never gets hammered. Uh, but you know what? At some point in time, you got You got you. You got to see the end of the. You got to see the end at the the end at the end of the tunnel. And they had a. You know, you have Garoppolo who's. You know, he's he is he another Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if he's another Aaron Rodgers, but he's a damn looks, good quarterback. Looks pretty good right he's now. He's a damn good quarterback. And you let the future of the team go um, because you wanted to massage what? The ego of the guy who's done it? I get it. The New England Patriots achieved success in the last sixteen years as a result of the efforts primarily of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And but in any business, in any team, you got to plan for the future, and and, and Tom Brady's got to understand that. Well, he's well, got to understand that he's got to be eased out the way Brett Favre was eased out of Green Bay. It's just it's the natural order of things, and the time has come. And your heir apparent is sitting on the bench. You got to you got you got to let go. But well, isn't that going to happen? Didn't the Packers go through this? When Brett Favre, well, they ended was up, Brett Favre ended up going to the Vikings. I know, didn't but he? they but yeah. they drafted Drew Beer, uh, Drew Brees. They traded Drew Brees, and then they no, lost. Hold on, didn't Brees go to San Diego? Drew Brees. They got rid of Brees from San Diego because oh, oh, they right. kept Philip Rivers. Rivers. Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. You're, you're right. They got Rodgers in a trade though. Yeah. No. No. Rodgers was drafted in the first round, so they had Brett Favre and they had Rodgers coming but in. But they had Rodgers on the bench for yes. two, three, four years. Yeah. Right? Two years. And then finally, yeah. the coach or the general manager said so, to you, Brett Favre, yeah. "Look, you know what? Yeah. They could see that he was an NFL caliber quarterback, and you know what? It's time. Where, where, There's a time. Where would the Packers have been if they made the other move? Oh, they would have been. It would have been a disaster. And that's what's and, and that's what's going to happen in New England because so. now you're going to end up. You know what? If if Brady, you know Brady, Brady. Okay, he's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I get it. You, know, you guys can argue with me all you want. Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, no, whoever whoever you want to put up against uh, Tom Brady. To me, he's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. But he's got a shelf life, and he's at his best before date is coming up uh, very soon. And you know what? The New England Patriots were there before Tom Brady. They're going to be there after Tom Brady. Okay, and, the thing, and they got. And you know what? Any successful organization has to move towards the future. You're, you're absolutely right. You cannot right. get stuck in the present, right? And the, the consistency there has been Bill Belichick and the two coordinators. 
Now, there, there's, there's talk that both coordinators are going to be gone at the end of the year because they're, they're, they're vying for head coaching position. If those two guys walk, who's Bill Belichick going to bring in that he has enough confidence that you is going to protect Tom Brady? And where is Bill going to end up? i, I got to get this off my chest, and I'm sorry, guys, and I know we only got a minute left. You know, Brady, Belichick, Kraft have to understand that nobody's been more important than the other. They've all been successful because of each other. Brady because he's in the Belichick system. Belichick because he had Brady as a quarterback, and Belichick and Brady because they have Kraft, who you know was an enlightened owner and and ma- managed everything to everybody's benefit. Anyways, I've got to cut it off at that. Naz, Lou, I'll give you guys last word. Uh, go Bills, go. Lou, I you know I, that, how about uh, a congratulations for our World Juniors. Congratulations to the World Juniors, and congratulations to Notre Dame Fighting Irish for a great comeback against LSU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you, you know, you're nasty, Lou. You're absolutely nasty. Anyways, they, they beat a Southeastern Conference team, but who else? <laughs> Anyways, uh, our, our, our best before date has expired for this week. And that'll be a pound of medium. Go, go Bills, go. And uh, to all our loyal listeners, uh, have, a, have a happy and safe and healthy new year. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks so much. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.